Welcome to another episode of the Wholesale Elite Show. I am Aisham Hipshire, and I'm here with my main man, Tanner Santucci. How are you, sir? I'm great. Let's get it going. Let's go. Let's go. Guys, it's 2023, and we're going to kick off the new year with a stellar, stellar guest, Mr. Rodney Waits. How are you, sir? Bro, I'm great. I've never been called stellar, so thank you. <laughs> well, stellar you are for sure. Now, uh, Rodney is is someone that that this this is going to be an uncovering uh, episode for me because I don't know too much about this gentleman, uh, but I know Tanner and Rodney have been been you know communicating for some time now, and so I've seen you all across socials, brother. Um, I'm so impressed by what you've done and what you're doing, and man, I can't wait to learn more about your story and and about what you've got going on. And so, welcome to the Wholesale Elite Show, man. Love it, dude. Love it. Black guy. Really glad to be here, man. The Wholesale Elite itself, it just, it's a really great title. And I see it speaks volumes because me and Tanner have been in conversation every single time. I'm like, he is one of the elite. Like, I got a lot of respect for the hustle and you guys are building a great business. Thanks, brother. Well, dude, let's get started, man. I, I always like to start off with, with, you know, understanding folks origin story, because, you know, our podcast is mostly mindset. There's plenty of stuff out there, uh, you know, that can go over the tactics and all that. Uh, yeah. But I like to dive into what's in between the ears, because I feel like that's the stuff that really matters. And that's what's really going to help other people move the needle in their business. It's just kind of, you know, understanding the mindset, the proper mindset uh, of a real estate investor. So I want to understand because, man, you've, like I said earlier, you've done a lot and you're still doing a lot. So I like to know, man, where, where'd you come from? What's your story? You know, were your parents entrepreneurs? So if you can kind of kick us back to your origin story and, and uh, you know, before you got into real estate, I'd, I'd love to start there. Gladly, man. Appreciate you asking. Um, honestly, no. Most of my family were not entrepreneurs. In fact, I was from a small town, Albertville, Alabama just north of Birmingham, Alabama, for those that don't know where it's at. And uh, when I had some tragedy in my life, about eight and a half years old, my mom wanted to pick a new start. So we chose Navarre, Florida. Beautiful beaches, hey. really an hour away. Yeah. So yeah, it was just Navarre. like a, it was a clean slate, man. And me, her, my little brother and my stepfather moved here. And honestly, I just kind of came up doing the things that people love to do here in Navarre, enjoying the beach, got to take on a job, which got me out of high school like four hours early. So I was always wanting to work. Like by 15 years old, I had a job, ended up moving out from the Navarre area to Pensacola at around 17, almost 18 years old. I had my first job at Dunkin' Donuts, believe it or not. Nice. Wow. Nice. And, and I, I'm, I'm very familiar with the really to run around people. Are you? Dude, the, the Dunkin' Donuts in Pensacola is iconic. Before, I'm from Fort Walton, yeah. so we got one in Destin you know, years and years later, but we would drive to Pensacola to hit up that Dunkin' Donuts. So, yeah, this is cool. Hey, keep going, man. Yeah, I'm sorry. This is the, I'm going down memory lane here. No, you're good, bro. It's same for me. It's so funny because like, I get to think about like all the things that I've gotten to do, and it started at that drive-thru, man. Like I didn't know much, but... I would walk there from the apartment complex that was like half a mile away. I stayed there for about two years, lived with a really great friend, ended up kind of going into entrepreneurialism by accident because at Dunkin' Donuts one day, there was an individual that I'd ran into before, whether it be a club or whether it be just out and about. 
And he was like, I'm real sorry. You know, I'm with an autistic child. And it's going to take a little bit for him to pick out things or whatever they were doing. And I said, man, are you kidding me? Take all the time in the world. And I jumped up on the counter and sat down. And he asked me about 30 minutes later, he was like, you know, I'm going to come back on my lunch break. I'd love to be able to talk to you about something. I said, okay. He came back, offered me a job, and I started working for Fountain Support Services literally that very next two weeks. Oh, wow. Well, well, at least you yeah. gave him two weeks. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we did, man. And uh, literally, literally, it was a really, really rewarding profession. But, man, I was just still trying to go through the ropes, and I ended up starting to go to clubs and starting to do a lot of things that we do when we're going to college. And that's when I found a little bit of, you know, just – I don't know, inclination of wanting to build things with a friend of mine. And he was like, let's open up an entertainment company. He was like, I've been dreaming of an entertainment company since I was like 16 years old. You've got a job where you can make your own hours. You get to help these families. You get to go do all this stuff already. Let's just go do it. So we went into it and we were doing triple tower entertainment. And that was a huge thing that we got to do for years. We did promotions. We got the door. They got the bar. It was a really synergistic relationship. And it was teaching us how to manage money, how to make money, and how to have a business. So that business mindset led me into all other entrepreneurial endeavors. I opened up like four or five companies after that. We ended up going to a lot of different, just real gravitational forms of failure. And uh, it taught us the best lessons. But in the moment, we were kids. We had not, you know, really put it together. There was a business, and I was like, you know, this is really something that I need help with. And that's when I started getting introduced to mentors. And then mentors came into my life, and I was like, well, now that I've got all of these things working, I got to find a foundation and put it the right way. It literally took a year, and I ended up having to go through a lot of failure, like I mentioned. And I went to construction. It was uh, construction for marine docks, and we got to build those, and we were waders up to here. And nice. <laughs> construction is not something I thought I'd be doing. But during that, my stepfather calls me. He goes, hey, you know, we haven't always had the greatest relationship, but I'm going to be opening up a brokerage, and I want you to come work for me. Oh, wow. Okay. Well, I mean, I've done entrepreneurialism for a little bit now. Well, I don't know about real estate. And he was like, well, you really should because I think that you'd be really great at it. And I was like, okay, I'll give it a try. And that's how I ended up in a real estate, man, and just built from there and just ended up at EXP this past year because I stemmed from my family's brokerage for like five years. I was a part owner, top salesman after five years, and I really have to hand it to them. They helped me develop a foundation. Absolutely, dude. Well, so, okay. So when you got into real estate, you were just on the the traditional side of of being an agent. You you weren't an investor at that point. Not at all, man. I wasn't an investor until this past year, like literally a year and a half ago, I started this and was like, I want to find out more. And I had a friend of mine and he was providing some coaching at that time. And he was like, listen, we should try to do this, this, this. And little did I know this, this, this turned into all of these strategies that I didn't realize was possible to not only help me understand more about the game, but to help my customers. So I got into it because of sheer curiosity. Interesting. That's, yeah, that's crazy. That's crazy. Yeah. So what do you think What do you think was the biggest, you had mentioned challenges or failures. Yeah. I mean, what were some of those failures that, that kind of led you to the person or maybe entrepreneur you are now? Dude, the number one that I've said on live radio, I have a radio show on the weekend and it's a podcast. Maybe he's got a radio show. He's got everything. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's, it's great. Go. When you got a foundation, you can build on those things. But uh, it was a DUI. I got one about uh, five to six years ago. And I literally ended up 
in one of the worst predicaments ever. Lost my little place in Destin. You know, you mentioned your Fort Walton. So literally I was in Destin, stayed off Calhoun Drive, had a little apartment by myself, was really making my little way, just kind of going east and trying to just have a better life and ended up getting just that real, I don't know, just that real kick in the face. And honestly, it just taught me so much because I kind of came back to the drawing board and I was like, look, there's a lot of different things I need to fix right now, namely my mindset. And that's when I started listening to Tony Robbins. And when I started listening to, you know, Gary Vaynerchuk and all of these people, they were just pouring nothing but the opportunity mindset, right? Because like I, I say that all the time, but like I help people cultivate an opportunity mindset because that's where I was. I needed that. I needed that kind of, you know, just real information about the world that I didn't have. And that was right. one of the number one things, man, was that DUI. And that ended up being a violation of probation because I kept drinking and I ended up going back to those bars that I used to go run as a club. And those yeah. other people that were our like competitors, they were like, well, what's he doing over here? Called it in on me, ended up getting in trouble and just had to learn, man, that it was just needing to be a moment of sobriety for me. And it was, I actually ended up going to a, um, country ecuador that i've gone to past three years i get to go actually help out these kids in this amazing village and then all the communities that surround it so it's not like it's just a one little village thing but literally i went two years sober after my first trip there and that revealed a ton of things that i needed to know internally about myself how did Mm -hmm. how did the ecuador thing come about Man, it was the greatest story ever. I got a buddy of mine and he's always like the cool dude on Instagram who's like shirtless on a four-wheeler and he's like the guy that's <laughs> oh, man. You know, the guy, right? And I was at his uh, baby reveal party and like I literally was sitting there with him and I got a call from a pastor and a friend and I was like, man, what's going on? And he was like, listen, we just had a spot open up going to Ecuador and you're going. And I'm like, no, I'm not. What do you mean? Like I've never even been outside of like the United States. I'm not going to Ecuador. And so I hang up and I laugh about it. And he's like, what's going on, man? And I'm like, dude, don't worry about it. You're like at your reveal party. Like, you don't, you don't, you don't gotta worry about it. And he was like, no, what is it? I was like, dude, he wants me to go to Ecuador. I'm like, I'm not going to do that. And he was like, if you don't go, you're going to regret it for the rest of your mm. life. Mm. So I literally texted Hugo, my friend and previous pastor from when I was young. And I said, Hey, I'm in. Wow. Wow. And that's how it came about. Dude, that's pretty, it's so, pretty cool. Okay. So, so at, at this point, you know, you, you've turned a new page, you've got a new chapter in your life, new lease on life. Yeah. And you know, you, you're in the real estate game. Now, when you were a traditional agent, mm-hmm. what was your thought about wholesalers? Honestly, that's a great question. Cause I didn't know much about them. I'd always heard kind of like the stigma, which was that it was illegal or that they were not to be somebody that was going to help benefit the market. Like you got to think I had a lot of old school mentors in the real mm-hmm. estate realm and they didn't really get to see like the facilitation of what a wholesaler does. Like I look right. at a wholesaler as a part of the real estate economy now Like you've got to have them. Like there's a building block that a lot of people miss. And I think when you don't want to look at it, you're going to choose to have something bad to say about it. Yeah. Absolutely. That's understandable. Yeah. yeah. Um, all right. Well, okay. So, so now I, I don't want to spend too, too much time there. I, I, I really sure. want to dive into a little, you know, some nuts and bolts about mindsets for, for you now, you know, you're established now you've, 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 you know, you've gone through the muck and you, yeah. you learned a lot. 
Um, so now, you know, when, when you're getting started, this might seem kind of random, but I'm curious, do you, are you a morning routine kind of guy? Absolutely. What is that morning routine for you? So every single morning without fail, I wake up, I grab a bottle of water, I start to drink that water and I go let the dogs out and I let the dogs out without touching my phone. I don't need that blue light as soon as I wake up. So I walk around and I'm hitting that meditation and prayer time. I'm just talking to God. I'm planning out the best way to have more energy to show up for my clients and just show up for the rest of my day. And then when I'm done, come back, put the dogs up and immediately go to the gym. After the gym, I'm either coming home and I'm getting a cold shower or I'm coming home and I'm reading a book and then taking a hot shower. I don't know why. It just comes in waves just like that. After that, my morning routine starts with making sure that I'm prepared for my day and I write down my goals. So my goals are a little bit different. Me and a friend of mine have actually talked about how I'm just so scatterbrained. You know, being an entrepreneur, you got to learn to focus. You got to learn to like really key in on what it is that makes you tick. And then you've got to feed that first. So I already mentioned God and meditation, right? Well, that's my first thing I want to feed. So I'm either going to spend time reading the Bible before I make my calls, or I'm going to spend time listening to something that's going to educate me more about the story. And the story is, what is it you could really tell somebody if you truly understood the word of God, right? And that's what I had to remember that I had to say to myself too. So I, I revisit my story a lot when I'm writing those goals And I say, the number one problem I want to address today is this. And then I write it down. And at the end of the afternoon, I do a checkup. And that's my full routine. Beautiful. (laughs) Do you have any productivity tips um, that kind of keep you on track throughout the day? Yeah, absolutely, man. Honestly, I've got a lot of life hacks. And I was thinking about doing a little simple free course just because I like putting value out there. I'm a huge fan of... If you give away all your value and you no longer have anything to you know, stick out or have a value proposition, you were never resourceful in the first place. You were just regurgitating information. Oh, it's so good. Right. Yeah. So I was like, you know, man, I, I really like to tell people if you're going to get more productive in your day, time block, obviously. But in that time blocking, really split up what activity am I going to do and only do it for like 30 minutes and then do something for like 10 minutes that's going to kind of give back to yourself. Because as you start to notice, when you start to do calls for like two, three hours in a row, they're starting to become less and less impactful as you start to make those dials. You're Absolutely. starting to get really, really tested when it comes to your confidence. You're starting to really lose that ability to see like productivity. And it just helps for me to revisit like what exactly I need to do and then do it in an incremental way so that I can come back with the same energy that I started with. Are, uh, I would just assume that you're probably a voracious reader, uh, if not like audiobooks and whatnot. Definitely. What's one, what's one of the books that you recommend the most to others and, and why? The Consistency Pill, because I've found that no longer is it about the age of information, it's about the age of implied and applied information. And I think that staying consistent with like the activities, because I know you guys are very aware of KPIs, right? Key performance indicators. Yep. Okay. Well, I like to think about getting my KPAs in order before I even figure out what KPIs are needed. My key performance activities, like what's going to help me feel fulfilled as a business individual that I can spend all of my time doing. And then I can start to set the bar with how many times I can do it and how many times it takes to convert the person that I do it with. 
Because if you start to do that without figuring out what first makes you tick, you're not going to be able to stay what? Consistent. Right. Yep. Right. Yeah. And, and consistency is that it, it's everything, you know, it is. for an entrepreneur and in business. And for me personally, it's been one of my biggest challenges. I, I grew up a military brat. Um, and so we, we lived all over the place. Nothing was ever consistent in my life. And so yeah. I got used to living that way, you know, with, with nothing being consistent. So, um, I would change jobs all the time. And so change mm. for me is it's easy. Like I can change. <clears throat> it's not a big deal. Yeah. And so when I got in a business and I had to do the same thing consistently, God, that was hard, you know, yes. with all this shiny object stuff. And so consistency was a big challenge of mine. But when I, when I learned to dial that in, that's when the magic started happening, you know, and it's still to this day, uh, the consistency pills that the book written by Simon Chan. Yeah, it is. Simon Chan and I are very good friends. And that's wild that that uh, you mentioned that name. Um, he was actually, I guess you could say, a previous mentor of mine. I, uh, his company, MLM Nation. Yeah. Um, I, I was uh, I was a big partner of his in that business, and so that's that's fascinating. Um, guys, yeah, check that book out, The Consistency Pill. Simon is probably one of the most consistent people I've ever known in my life. I mean, I love it. it. I needed a consistency mentor and God was like, here you go. Here, here's the guy. <laughs> yeah, that's it. Man. No, I, would, I would be jealous of that. That's awesome. Yeah. I had it recommended to me while I was on the cruise actually, Tanner. And really? uh, man, he literally just like came into my life at the right time. I think things come for a reason in the right seasons and there it was. And I've almost finished it. So I'm literally going to plan and read it again. That's phenomenal. Is there a, is there a criticism or an insult that you you've heard about yourself that you actually see as one of your greatest strengths? What a really great question. Yes. uh, You're doing too much. Slow down. Mm. And I'm one of the most determined people that you'll meet. And immediately I won't wait on something. I'll execute it right away. Like for example, if someone calls me and they need something in that moment, but they're like, but yeah, but you're busy. So don't worry about that. I'm right on top of it at that moment. You probably experienced it with me, Tanner. Absolutely. Like literally I oh, want yeah. to, I want to be able to provide that value up front because if you're going to think of me as the individual that's doing too much, but at the same time, you're going to think that I can't do enough for you. It's a challenge to me. Absolutely. Absolutely. When I asked you, you to be on the show, your, your response was so quick and it was so shocking that you just agreed. You're like, yeah, done. Yeah. Normally we're like, hey, here's what we've done. And here's who we've had on. You're like, dude, done. Count me in. Yeah, man, that was phenomenal. <laughs> I'm sorry, yeah. Tanner, you're going to say something. No, no, you're good. I, I uh, had nothing to say. I was just, I was complimenting uh, Rodney over there with, with everything he was just saying. So you're good. Yeah, man. I think uh, really what attests to why I really have to think about why that's the greatest strength, but why it's harmful or hurtful at times to me it is because the people that tell me that mean well, and they want me to get focused and consistent, right. and they want me to grow with the things that are going to match my personality and my skill sets, but they don't understand that there's a lot more to what feeds me as an entrepreneur than just what results they're going to see monetarily. Like mm. it literally makes my soul on fire to have a friend come to me with an idea and for me to be able to put a strategic outline to it and watch it come to fruition. There's nothing better to me. I love masterminds. I love seeing something become real. 
so good. Um, have, do you have any network marketing or MLM experience in your past? Yeah. I mean, I was a part of, um, I love the leadership, number one. That's why I'm telling you, yeah. But I was a part of Vima. I was a part of Rodan and Fields. I was a part of quite a few, actually. But really the one that I kind of keyed in to be like the be all in that moment of my life was Vima. You know, it was a young entrepreneurial drink that just pretty much made me think like, wow, I'm going to take over the world with this one. But I quickly realized with MLMs, it's something that is going to take a ton of work behind the scenes, a ton of no's behind the scenes, and it becomes real robotic. Sure. So I kind of had to, I kind of had to exit. We had uh, Paul and Michelle, uh, Michelle Garbito and Paul Nelson on their couple. And uh, they were, they were big time top earners in, uh, I forget the name of the company, but I'm sure they would be like, it's irrelevant. Uh, but they, uh, they're recovering, you know, network marketing uh, leaders. And I, I too, I, I joined a network marketing company back in 2006. And that's what got me into personal development and all this stuff. And yeah, you know, I, I encourage people all the time. Look, if you're wanting to get into network marketing, do it. Don't yeah. be blinded by the facade of what they're going to tell you. You're going to get the results and the money and all this stuff. But the sales training that you get and the personal development that you learn you, you're not going to find that anywhere else. And uh, you mentioned you're with EXP. Yes. I, I heard that EXP has kind of like a, a model that's like, that's like network marketing. Is, yeah. is that true? Sure. So it's like um, it's agent centric and agent focused. So it's rewarding the agents for building their business. I see. So in regards to having that looked at like a product or service that works like an MLM, you can see that for what it is. But with the way that it's structured and set up, it's unique and stands alone for sure. I see. Yeah. When, uh, when we were doing agent outreach for, for our properties, anytime I would see an agent that had EXP next to their name, I was always like, yes, because usually yeah. those, they're, they're fun to work with. The EXP agents are great. You know, they get it. Yeah. Um, so that, that's, that's awesome. Hey, let me ask, what's, what's the last thing that you did that you can remember that was out of your comfort zone? Mm. So because I'm like so willing to, do things to challenge myself. It's really, really hard to say, but honestly, the last thing that pops up in my mind, which I've become a huge advocate of, by the way, is I did a cold plunge uh, in a ice bath for about eight minutes. How's that? Fantastic, dude. Honestly, when you get out, it's really weird. Like you have to kind of like shake back into like your limbs and you have to actually get you know, affiliated with what it looks like and feels like to just have a normal body temperature. But once that's over, there's not a coffee in the world that could wake you up with like the way you feel. Eight minutes. Is that, did you say eight minutes? Time. Yeah. Yeah. There's a guy there, man, that was uh Russian descent, really good friend of mine. I actually used to serve at Carabas. Ice bath Russian. Just. Dude, I'm telling you, bro. Like I used to serve at Carabas with this guy and I never knew. And I just thought, you know, Hey, I'm going to reach out to him and see if he'd be interested. He's in the area. I haven't talked to him in a while. He came out there and did 30 minutes. Whoa. <laughs> 30. And then there's another guy that literally turns upside down with a snorkel and all he does to breathe <laughs> is out of the snorkel. It's so weird. He's like, I got to get my whole body, my face, hardcore, everything in it. Man. Yeah. He's a great guy too. Jeez. But yeah, they're, they're hardcore. <laughs> what's up? Uh, what's, what's, what's one of the greatest lessons that you've learned so far in real estate? 
real estate in general is just full of lessons, man. Like, man, like there's never enough information to show you what all is unveiled from the foundation and the process of just being a real estate investor and agent and owner, whatever you call yourself. But for me, the biggest thing that has appealed to me in regards to the process and everything else is that there's always going to be a new thing to learn about the value add substance in real estate. Mm. Meaning like mm. there's always going to be a different way to add value to that property sure. and create an opportunity. When you look at real estate, you think cash flow. When you look at real estate, you think flips. Like there's so much more out there that people are using as a tool that I would love to be able to dive into and even understand just on the surface. And that really blew my mind because I looked at it very black and white in the very beginning. Right. Of the year. Right. It seems like most agents do. And that's not a knock to agents. That's just kind of what yeah. a lot of agents are taught. And like you said, a lot of your old school mentors, that's why they think wholesaling is illegal. That's right. So there's, there's, it's beautiful because that's why wholesaling, not really wholesaling in general, but real estate, like you were just saying is, is incredible is because there's a lot, you know, there's, there's a thousand ways to solve one problem in real estate. And there's not a lot of, there's not a lot of businesses or anything along that lines where that is actually a thing. So, um, as you were saying, so let me ask you this then real quick as an agent now, yeah. What's your involvement with wholesale or, or or even investors? I mean, I know that you said you were about a year in of investing or, you know, along those lines, what is your involvement? on that end and not just an agent end. So I'll answer that with a twofold answer. Number one, if this is an agent that's listening to this and you want to know the one thing that having a wholesaling business or a real estate investment business does for you is it creates a strategic marketing plan like no other. Like agents, they here to farm, they here to go door knock, they here to cold call Fizbo's. But when I look at the wholesaling industry itself and see everything that I had to do, because you asked my involvement, right? I've created a buyer's list based off of text marketing and cold callers that I've hired from another country. I've created opportunities in being able to help sellers based off of strategic marketing strictly to their type of situation. Like you don't know those things exist when you're right. just an agent or when you're just starting. I mean, it's surface level for you to think like, oh, I have to go put my face on a sign. That's child's play compared to what you get into when you see real estate investing. So how I'm involved with it now is I actively own Investment Florida Homes LLC, which is my actual investment real estate vehicle. And then I do work with wholesalers and cash buyers that I've actually worked with in finding more wholesalers. And I, I feel like they're a huge part of my business. I now, they find it. Don't you, don't you work with agents now and coach yeah. them on wholesaling? Isn't, so isn't that this is actually there? very brand new to the value proposition I'm bringing with real estate coaching. I just started disruptive real estate coaching, got it branded, got everything that I want to be able to teach. And that's a part of it is being able to show them that there's more ways to actually create opportunity as an agent than just buying and selling. So yeah, that's exactly what I'm doing is I'm giving them that surface level explanation that's truly from someone who's been able to be involved in it at a high level. 
And why I say surface level is because I would trust somebody like you guys to be able to show them the true ropes because I've been able to kind of do it and make a good bit of money with it. But there's still so much more that I could have learned if I was 100% focused. Hmm. Right. Yeah. Well, a little bit. Haven't you done a six-figure assignment fee? That's that's more yeah. than that's yeah, more than most wholesalers and they do in a whole year. So yeah, that was yeah, it was a hundred nine thousand dollar assignment fee that we did. And you hear that all to all the listeners? This is an agent that just has done a hundred nine thousand dollar assignment fee. Pretty yeah, cool. and that was the net guys. So it was a three hundred fifty thousand dollar assignment fee that paid a hundred thousand to the other realtor, and me and my partner split a hundred nine. And wasn't that a land deal? That was actually a luxury home. Okay, that was a luxury home. Yeah. Gotcha. The land deal that we had under contract that you and I were trying to talk about, that would have been another one. But yeah, we didn't get that one to work out. That's no big deal. No big deal. Well, let me ask you this then real quick. I mean, so you're uh, in a way a mentor, an agent. Um, You're a serial entrepreneur. I mean, what's something that you're working on that you think you can improve on for 2023? I mean, if you had one thing to pick for this year, what are you going to try to improve on for yourself? I like that you asked that because to be honest with you, it's simple as this, my message. I've Mm -hmm. created a full brand impact is greater than influence. And it's based off of all the things that I've had revealed to me as an entrepreneur. If you focus on the money and if you focus on all these things that you think are going to bring you true happiness, but you don't first serve others and create a way to scale the way you care about others, you'll never pretend to even try to get close to the heights of where you think you need to be as a business owner. I love that. Tell me you had that on the shirt. Impact is greater than influence. And trademark, brother. Yeah, You got it on a coffee mug. Yeah, that one's sitting right over there. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's right. I mean, So we got to swap. I know we should probably talk this off air, but T- Tanner, we got to send him an unwind hat if you can get us one of those. Yes. I love the unwind logo. I complimented you guys on that. I got you right here. I got you. Yeah. <laughs> That's awesome, man. Well, dude, th- this is this is incredible. And Rodney, this is we we definitely have to have you back on uh, again at a later date. I, I don't want to wrap the podcast up right now, but we we do need to 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 you know land the plane fairly soon. But let me ask before we before we break off, yeah. um, what would you what how do you measure success? Honestly. It's going to change for me daily because I look at progress before I look at success. I think that if I can attain more time that I use to create fulfillment for me and those that I love, that's going to be success to me no matter what monetary value I put on it. Right. Like I was actually listening to a podcast the other day and Joe Rogan was like, if you've got your rent paid, you've got your bills paid, you've got a little money to go out to eat. He said, that's success. And I was like, at a bare minimum level, when you really take all the distractions out, and this is coming from Joe Rogan, you know what I mean? Like, For this sure. guy's brilliant. Yeah, yeah. He's been to the top. I was like, he's right. It's truly based on when is enough enough, and how can I actually create more impact in the lives around me personally? Because, like, people say all the time, and here's your nugget that I really offend people with sometimes, but they offend me by even actually saying it, but they say that they want to work for their family. They want to work for their kids, right? They say that they want to actually be able to spend more time with them and to actually have more create communication with them, but yet they're working 16 to 17 hours. And it's not like this 
short-lived pursuit. It bleeds into longest journeys that's so unrewarding, man. And it really takes away your confidence, takes away your hope. And I've seen people with a ton of money and quote-unquote success that are miserable. Mm. You hear that a lot. You do. You really do. Man, <clears throat> thank you for that, Ronnie. Um, okay, so you you come across a, a new wholesaler. They're you know they're they're fairly new, and they say, Rodney, what's what's a word of inspiration for me? What what's some what's something you can tell me? You know, in in less than you know a couple minutes, um, th- that that can get me started off on the right foot. What would that be? Hmm. For wholesaling and specifically, right? Wholesaler specifically, yeah. I would say pick out the avatar of the person you truly want to help. Like if I had to think about going back and understanding wholesaling in like a one-on-one fashion, I would want to be told, Hey, we can potentially help this seller out of a bad situation if we do this. And I want to know who that bad seller is. I want to know how they got themselves in that situation. I want to know how to target them. Like I would say to make sure you can find a way to build your wholesaling business off of trying to help someone before you go after margin, before you go after Mm. scalability, because that's where wholesalers get a lot of the bad rep is because they want to go make this unheard of spread. And yet people don't even understand that at the other end of that spread was a really happy seller. that got exactly what they wanted to get from that contract. So true. So so glad you you said that. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, we there's something we mentioned on on. I'm so sorry, man. I keep stepping on you. Uh, We I'm sure the listeners are probably sick and tired of hearing me say this, but but it's true, and and it's a it's a saying that we use in our in our company, um, and it's it's always about the relationship, never about the deal. And I think sometimes when people hear us say that they're thinking, Oh yeah, yeah, he's right. It's about the relationship with the, you know, with the buyer about the relationship with the agent, you know, we really got to formulate. And then it's like, no, 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 it's the whole relationship. Even with your seller, you need to find out how you can serve that person. You need to be able to create a win, win, win situation, win for the seller, win for the buyer, win for yourself. So thank you for saying that, man. Yeah, you're welcome. It took me a long time to get to that point. So I'm not saying that just to butter you guys up because I like you. I'm saying that because it's true, bro. I'm saying that because I looked at it like it was a very unfair game in the beginning. But now that I've actually gotten to the point where I'm like, okay, we actually said in the very beginning that we could pay you this. However, the market's bringing this. And I was very open to you that I was bringing other investors into this to come into the contract and make it work. I'm sorry, but I'm going to have to ask you to take this in order to make this work. And you show them, show them the numbers. Like you don't actually hide anything, right? And whether it be you showing them the contract or whatever, that doesn't matter. Just build trust enough to where you don't have to show anybody a contract ever. But that really helps me because then that person's like, okay, I get it. Like you're doing everything you can to facilitate the goal, which is to what? Get the home closed. Big smile on my face, man, transparency, truth. We, yeah. you know, we, we talked, we did a year in review podcast recently and, and we harped on that Tanner and I, and we just want to encourage wholesalers to, 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 to know that the truth is good enough. You know, you don't yeah. have to lie. You don't have to act like you're, you're this person to get the deal. The truth's good enough because we do provide a valuable service, you know? Yeah, so that's true, man, man, dude, in closing, um, 
I want to ask you two questions. One, sure. I think you kind of already answered this, but I'm, I'm, I'm curious to, to ask you directly and see what, you, what you'd say. What would you say is your superpower? So before, like I mentioned, I, I say all the time on my Making an Impact radio show, vulnerability is my superpower. Mm. But really, if I had to think about it, it would be transparency. And it's not just transparency with the people that I work with. It's transparency with myself. Like, hey, are you truly wanting to accomplish all this? Are you really wanting to have all of this going on at one time? Are you really going to sit there and think in a scarcity mindset when you tell people all day to think in abundance? Like there is mm. a real there's a real imposter syndrome that comes sure. to the higher level entrepreneurs at one point in their life. And it challenges them. It doesn't condemn them. It challenges them to reach a new height because now when you can convince yourself, which is your worst enemy, now you're capable of great things. Man, gosh, I almost don't want to ask another question. That's, 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 that's powerful. Yeah. My uh, drop. Yeah. No kidding. <laughs> Self-awareness. You know, it's, you're good enough. You know, <laughs> well, I do want to end it on this, uh, Ronnie, and, and this, this doesn't have to be real estate specific. Um, but I want to ask you, you know, if, if you had a minute to stand on top of a soapbox with a microphone in your hand and all eyes are on you, what would your current message to the world be? What would my message to the world be? Yes, sir. I have so many of them, man. You probably already noticed, but I love it. <laughs> Drop value bombs all day. You know what I mean? Oh, I know, I know. It's great. Oh, really? It's don't be so concerned about the answers to your questions when you're always going to have those questions change. Like detach yourself from the outcome and truly experience what the journey is like. Like do not always be thinking in a future tense, be thinking about the present, think about what you can do in the here and now. And then once the moment comes, you'll be prepared to take on that same amount of mentality you thought you had to prepare for in the beginning. Yeah. Perfect. Gold. Say it again for the people in the back. Yeah. <laughs> it's huge. It, the power's in the present for sure. If you wanted to wrap it up, that's what it is. <laughs> that's awesome, brother. Well, Rodney, dude, it's, it's been such a pleasure. I, I'm so glad to to finally, you know, speak with you. We, you know, we've spoken through messenger, but, but man, yeah. what a huge blessing and a pleasure to, to communicate with you, you know, in person and to get to know you more, man. And, and I'm, I'm so glad that we're connected uh, yeah. because I, you know, you're, you're definitely one of the people I want to keep in my circle. Um, I, I really appreciate your time and your energy today, brother. Um, let me, you know, if, if anyone wants to learn more about, uh, your, your, your coaching or just work with you, what's the best ways for, for folks to find out about you? So the one thing that I would want to push, which comes back to what I said, I would try to like spend more time on creating better awareness for in this new year to come is impactstartshere.com. If you go there, you're going to be able to help me find the way to personally impact the lives of a million people. I chose a million people because most entrepreneurs are distracted and they think you have to come up with a million dollar net or a million dollar savings account in order to be successful. Sure. But I believe you just need to first focus on making an impact on someone before you become the right influence in their life. And secondly, go to at I am Rodney Waits for all platforms. 
Awesome. All right, guys, at I am Rodney Waits and impactstartier.com is, is where you will find Mr. Rodney Waits and, and be able to uh, join his the, the revolution that, that's mm-hmm. going on right now that, that he's leading. So, Rodney, again, thank you so, so much. Tanner, do you, you got anything, any parting uh, messages? No, dude, you've, you've been a rock star, man. It's, I wish we had more time. Um, but, yeah, I mean, you, you've laid out some nuggets, uh, I think, for a lot of the listeners. And there's a lot of things that they can relate to. So, um, I, I think you did a phenomenal job. And, man, we're happy to have you. And, like I said, I wish we had more time. But you've been great. Dude, that's awesome for you to say. And I'll definitely take the invitation probably quicker this time, even though I took it very quickly, I'm going to get better at a lot of different things. I look forward to sharing that, but yeah, man, send me some business this way. You know, I got your back. I appreciate y'all having me. Well, man, we, we will be in the, in the, in the state of the great state of Florida, uh, probably next month. So man, I look forward to uh, shaking your hand and, uh, hanging out for an evening. Absolutely, man. Same here. Awesome. Well, guys, thanks again. Uh, and we will see you on the next episode. Peace. What up, Elite fan? That's a wrap for today's episode. But look, if you got value out of the show today, do us a huge favor and give us a review or give us a like or subscribe. Do all the things to help us get the word out there. And look, we want to see you on the next show. So get out there and crush it, make it happen. Stay tuned for the next episode. Peace.